0: Good morning, everybody. Good 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 to see everyone. We're glad to be back. We missed you all last week. Um, We wanted to definitely bring love and prayers and greetings from all the brothers and sisters in Charlotte, and um, especially the Palmer family. Wanted to express their gratitude for your prayers, and we'd ask that you'd continue to pray for them. In addition to our brother Greg, like we saw him, brother Greg Mayhew was at the funeral. Continue to pray for him as well. You know, he, he could tell he was going forward, you know, but it's been tough. It's been a tough few years, really, for him. And, um, and so we know what it's like to lose a loved one, have a loved one go to be with the Lord. There's joy in knowing where they are. But it's hard, too. And we were speaking to Paulie, uh, Paul Jr. His birthday was yesterday, and he was sharing that everything he sees reminds him of mom. So we know how that is. Um, Let's continue to pray for them. Um, I wanted to share just a few thoughts on this thought we had today of being slaves of sin. If you could turn back into Romans. And I'll just ask the question who's the boss? When I was young, there was a show on TV called Who's the Boss? I don't know if anyone <laughs> remembers that. You guys remember that show? Who's the boss? It was a sitcom, it was about a family. And kind of the question like, who's the boss? Is it the mom? Is it the dad? Is it the kids? Who's the boss, right? And so, we know, how can you tell, right? How can you tell who the boss is? Well, whose will is being accomplished? That's the question. So on that show, it got funny because maybe the dad thought he was the boss, but nothing he wanted ever got done. And we might look at our own families and say, if I look at my family life and I look at sort of what's happening in my household, whose will is accomplished in this house the most? And that's going to tell us who the boss is. And so we just want to ask that question of our own lives. Who's the boss in your life? Who is the The fancier word is the master. Who is the master over you? We oftentimes say that the heart of the Christian confession is to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's what it means to be a Christian. If you're a Christian this morning, it's because you confess Jesus as Lord. Um, at the time of the early church, Caesar was lord in this part of the world. It was, you know, it was on their money. It was uh, just what people said: Caesar is lord. Caesar is master. He's in charge. He's the boss. And so, in this town, Caesar's will is accomplished. And so you had this small group of people who began to say, "Caesar's nice and everything, but he is not Lord. We have another Lord. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is Lord. Now, we confess Him as Lord this morning. Thank God. And I would say that probably all of us are in agreement with that. But the real test, not just who He is in my head, But in my lived life, in my lived reality, who is the boss over my life? And that's the topic of Romans 6. And we don't have time to read this whole chapter, but really just to summarize it. Paul begins Romans 6 with a problem, with a question really. It's a question that a lot of people are asking him. Well, Paul you're preaching this gospel of grace, which means that our salvation is all of Christ. And our sin doesn't affect our salvation. It doesn't cause us to be saved one minute, lost the next. He has done it all. And so the question was, well, if every time I sin... Grace increases to cover that sin, maybe I should just sin more. Because then there will be more opportunities for God to show His grace. I mean, that was the kind of silly way that Paul's words were being twisted, for one thing, by people who didn't like him. But it does bring up this issue. Why is it important to live lives of righteousness if He has already saved us? And so it's the difference between saying Jesus is Lord, kind of in an abstract way. He's in charge. It's the difference between that and actually decision by decision, living as if Jesus is Lord. And so the, the question for us today is, obviously Jesus is Lord. We know that. But the question is, are you living as if he's the Lord? Are you living as if He is the Master over your life? You know, Paul seems to know that this language of slaves and masters is kind of like an ugly language. It's not something that we we like to talk about. And even if I say I'm a slave of God, it doesn't really sit very well. And so he says, for example, in verse 19, he says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. And what he's saying there is, it's like he's saying, I'm using a metaphor here because you're not getting it. And so I want to talk about this idea of who's master. But we're really given two options in this chapter. Is your master going to be sin, or is your master going to be God? The truth is, apart from Christ, our Master is sin. In reality, He's the boss. His will, as if we personify sin, His will is being accomplished in our life. All the good things God has given us as His creation are being put into the service of sin. So God has given me an intellect, like a way of thinking. And apart from Christ, it's like I'm handing that mind over to sin and say, okay, do your work. And so sin will use my mind to do all kinds of nasty things. He's given me strength, physical strength. And before Christ, before I come to Him, it's like I'm handing my strength over to sin and saying, okay, here's my strength. Do with it what you will. And I walk around every day. I punch people and steal stuff. My body, it's like my body is obeying the master of sin. And that's true for everything. All my gifts, all my talents are being placed into the service of someone else. Sin. But the question for the believer is, I no longer am a slave of sin. So why do I sometimes still act like I am a slave of sin? That's the question. So I'll just read a little passage here. This is starting in verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall have no dominion over you, For you are not under law, but under grace. And then he asks another question. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked. That though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of your weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you were now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. And then this is the verse that many of us have memorized. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift, that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, what we have here is a picture of two masters. And I'm just going to say to believers here if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, live as if Jesus Christ is your master, as if he is in charge. What does that mean in a practical way? You have certain desires, needs, wants that come into your mind, that come into your life. Every time something comes in, take it captive and bring it to your Master. What do you want me to do with this, Lord? We all have a desire, for example, to have friends, to be liked, to be, when we're young, Maybe to be popular. To be one of the people that everyone looks up to. That's a desire that's in us as human beings. We want to take that desire when we feel it and bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? I want to submit this to you. What do you want to do with it? And the Lord will take that desire and He'll do something amazing with it. Some of us get sad we wake up in the morning and we're sorrowful. Right? Maybe because we're missing someone. Or maybe because we failed in the past. Take your sorrow to your Master. Lay it at His feet. Lord, what do you want to do with this sorrow today? And He will take it and do something amazing with it. He, he can do something. It doesn't matter what you bring Him. Somehow he can do anything. He can take your saddest moment and use it to humble you, use it to make you more patient, use it to make you more compassionate. You know, say you wake up in the morning and you're feeling great. You look out the window, it's sunny. You're like, what an amazing day. Take your joy and lay it at the feet of your master and say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this joy today? It might seem obvious how can joy go bad? It can. If you take your joy to your old master of sin, you don't have to. You're free from that master now. We used to just have to do it. You always appointed, here I am I'm reporting for duties, sin. I'm happy today, what should I do? Right? But now as believers, you have a choice. You can take it to your master, the Lord Jesus, and say, what should I do with this joy today, Lord? Or you can just report for duty to your old master and say, I'm happy today. What can I get into? You know. And Satan and sin can lead us down a path that leads to destruction, that leads to nothing good. And so that's the real question. I know we know intellectually, we know in our heads, Jesus is Lord. But Paul is painting a really vivid picture here in chapter 6 of the real dilemma that we have every moment. He puts it this way. He says, don't present your members all the pieces of your body, all your attributes, all of your characteristics and qualities, your emotions, your hands, your feet, your lips. Don't present your members to sin as instruments or weapons, really, as weapons of wickedness, of unrighteousness. Right? But, see how there's a choice there? He's saying we have a choice. Don't do this, do this. Present your whole self to God. As those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as weapons of righteousness. That's what we need to do, moment by moment. And as we do that, look at the progression in this chapter. On the one hand, the old way, we would present ourselves to sin, and it says it leads from lawlessness to more lawlessness to impurity, to death. That's where that leads you. Nowhere good. What about on the other side? It says that we present our members as slaves right, to obedience, leading to righteousness, which leads to sanctification, or holiness in this version, to eternal life. That's the virtuous process. And so I would just encourage us today, we've had this blessed thought, this wonderful thought, that we who were once slaves of sin have been set free. And now we are free to bear the image of the Lord Jesus, to be conformed to Him. But we still have a choice. We have a choice moment by moment to answer that question, who is the boss? You have a whole day ahead of you right now. Right? After we leave here. Are you going to give that day to the Lord Jesus and say, what should I do? Or are you going to give the day to present it to your old master and say, what kind of mischief can, can I get into today? So let's just keep that at the front of our minds today. We who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to this new teaching. Therefore, let us live like it. Let's live as if Jesus is the boss. And then we'll be able to see just what good He can bring from whatever we bring Him for His glory. Amen. Amen.